Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Paul Becker. This podcast is for all the moms and dads out there who struggle with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Hey, Paul. How's it going today? Uh, doing well. Doing fantastic. Uh, it was a good week. Um, I had uh, dinner this past week uh, with a couple of friends of mine I hadn't seen in a while. And it's so funny because a lot of the topics were sort of related to this to the show, right? Uh, in terms of being like-mindedness, um, a lot of financial talk, right? So we talked about everything from retirement to the housing market um, to, to to investing. Uh, one of my buddies um, owns his own business. Um, he owns his own research firm, and my other buddy is a wealth manager. So it's really an interesting conversation. Uh, the two areas that I we jumped into that was unexpected and this goes back to the past episodes where we talked about doing a crypto episode we were talking about this new crypto called chia uh, which was interesting and then we were talking about uh nft non-fungible tokens and crypto art and there's a lot in this space there seems to be a lot more um than, than i anticipated so that's definitely something that we want to kind of get into and one of the news stories we'll talk about today is related to crypto but paul how was your week it was good very busy very busy a lot of stuff going on at work and at home um you know it, it's funny hearing you say that you know you're having dinner with your friends and uh talking about finance and all these sort of things i, I actually just think that means you're getting older but that's uh that's just besides <laughs> the point very cool very cool yeah it was it was fun it was a good night and and just kind of relaxed but it was really really interesting topics that uh, i'll definitely take some of the the thoughts and bring them to the show um over at some point especially around the crypto so yeah cool cool, cool. um been playing with crypto a little bit looking at more and more so i think it'll be a good episode to do that yeah we'll just have to plan it out it's definitely something i have to research more so um, we'll, we'll have to plan it out and I have to put some time aside to kind of dig deep into the how, the what, the where, all those different things that are related to it and especially all the different types that seem to be out there now. So uh, definitely something we'll, we'll visit. So um, today's topic, uh, 529 Plan Basics, a deep dive into this uh, college savings vehicle. But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. The first news story is from CNN Business, and and it's related to what I just said. This crypto claims to solve Bitcoin's biggest problem. That's the headline. Um, And this is a topic I I talked about over dinner. It was this uh, coin called, this currency called Chia, and the Chia Network. And and, at the highest level, when I read the article, um, I just become more and more intrigued. And because of all the different types, and I realize the more and more I don't know. The one thing that came up about Chia... Um, and you could read this article. I'm going to riff a little bit because I didn't go too deep into the article, just at the high level. But they talk about what my friends were talking about is mining Chia coin or Chia, uh, you know, I guess the Chia blockchain um, could wear out hard drives. There could be a run on the market when it comes to hard disks and SSD, um, which is very interesting. Um, so I guess traditional Bitcoin and other currencies are, are consuming memory and, and video and GPU and CPU power where 
this type of cryptocurrency is really focused on hard drives and and such. So it's very interesting. I don't know, Paul, if you had a chance to read through the story, but what were your high level thoughts on this? Well, it, it's it's all interesting, honestly. To me, it reminds me of the old um, SETI program. I don't know if you remember. I'm probably dating myself, but you used to be able to put a little agent on your PC, and it would use the downtime of that to help solve the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, SETI. Um, this is all sort of a take on that, and these are solving, trying to solve bigger problems and prove out things. And they do require a lot of GPU and CPU power on these PCs. And Bitcoin in particular, as it's as they've been more and more mining, the problems have gotten harder and harder and taking more and more power. In fact, I believe Tesla, who was accepting Bitcoins for cars just the other day, said we're going to stop that because, at least temporarily, because so much of that is mined with non-renewable energy sources. So, so it is an interesting challenge, and this uh, Chia one looks interesting. I, I hadn't heard about this one yet, so but I will be reading about it later today. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, I don't want to go too deep into it. I, I have no real clue of how it all works, and I need to learn more about it, especially getting into other areas like the crypto art and NFTs, and there's all kinds of things out there, and um, I want to get my arms around it before I really start to kind of talk about it with any level of authority. Not that we talk about anything with any level of authority on the show, but... No, we um, just make it up. Yeah, that one, that one especially, I don't want to touch until I have more of my arms around the, the subject matter. Um, the next topic is t is related to today's podcast. Uh, it's from CNBC, or and it's um, selecting the best 529 plans, how to maximize college savings. So I think with that, we'll, we'll kind of jump into the weekly topic, the 529 plans, a deep dive into this college savings vehicle. Um, when I read this article, Paul, and we'll touch upon this as some of the topics, they, they cite the best plans uh, that they found, and they based the best plans on a number of factors, which are all key. Um, and these factors actually apply to 529 plans, um, as well as uh, 401k plans and, and any kind of retirement vehicle. Um, you, the plans... The best plans have low management fees, have great investment returns, low fund expenses, and they have a variety of different investment options to choose from. So the 529 plan, um, plans that they provided in the list here, um, were their top rated. Um, so, you know, I guess they use some sort of um, measurement uh, and they must calculate all these pieces in at a more minute level. Paul, what was your take on this story? Well, I think we first step back a quick second there, and Paul, what is a 529 plan in, in, at all, right? It, it's maximizing your savings for college. And it's a way for parents, it's a way to encourage parents to put money away for their child's education. So just, I just want to roll back for a moment there, Paul. Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, each state has their own plan, and some of them seem a heck of a lot better than other states, especially on the maximums allowed to um, to put in those plans because they all have a cap. So unlike, you know, a 401k where you can contribute for eternity, right, and then until you have to start taking money out, but these plans do have a dollar cap on them, which is uh, interesting. I, I, I don't know 
I was reading, and this is where I think we need to make sure that people are also consulting and doing their own research. I, I, th I thought I read there was no max contribution limit in New York, right? There's a max that you could put into the plan where then you don't get the tax advantage. So I think that might vary from plan to plan. I didn't. So that's from my reading. So once again, this is another area that, you know, we have to, you know, depending on what you're looking at, do the research. I'm not sure on that point, Paul. I, I didn't see that. And I read something differently. Okay. So yeah, I'll no, have I'm to. Seeing like Ohio's maximum overall contribution is $377,000, for example. Yeah. So I think it varies state to state. Yes, it does. Right. So that's why it's very important uh, to make sure that whatever plan you're investing in, you look at these different criteria and aspects to it. So I think that's that's key. Um, I, from my perspective, Paul, you know, my current situation, we've been saving each and every year dollar cost averaging for each kid. So as soon as the kid was born in that year, we opened the 529 plan for each of them. And we we try to put in as much as we can each and every year. There's been some years where we put in less. Um, there's some years where um, we put in what we kind of agreed to when the kids were born. Uh, so it's it, it kind of varies. I never try. I never really put more than what I kind of thought would be needed. I've had these conversations with our with uh, at least my financial superhero, um, and he read me the riot act on it. And and once again, he's like, look, th there's no easy win here, right? You put the money in, um, you know, and you know, in all likelihood, uh, you're gonna need it, right? Whether it's for the tuition, for the uh, the room and board, you know, whatever it is, you're going to need the money. Um, you know, he said, you and your wife are not going to get any free dollars, right? No free money here. So just invest. And we kind of stuck to that. And luckily, we've seen growth over time. Uh, so when I look at the 529 plans as of uh, this week, um, they look pretty good still. I did switch the investment mix up on my son's plan specifically because he's 17. He's going to need that money next year, uh, the year after. So we're being very careful and trying to dial down the risk there, at least for the moment, um, because I want to make sure he has money in there when he goes to college. So, um, but you know, for for the most part, my daughter, we we've stayed aggressive with her fund, and we continue, you know, we'll continue to do that, and we're just going to keep. You know, put money in, especially, you know, even when my son is in college, I don't think we're going to deviate from the plan. Uh, we're just going to continue to to put money in um, until, you know, till, till the kids are done. Right. And I think I've talked about this on the show um, in practicality terms. My vision on this is I'd love for my kids to get through the four year degree. Anything after the four years uh, would be up for serious discussion. Um, it's very expensive. There are a lot of options for postgrad. In terms of you know getting your uh, job to pay for it, getting your work to pay for it, so I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't really thought ahead of the four years, but right now the focus is just making sure that we are able to save uh, for the two kids for for the four years, and even the amount that we've saved won't cover it all. So you know we'll we'll look at that, and I know we've done past podcasts on college savings, but. When I looked back, we really didn't drill into the 529 plan. So that's what we really want to talk about today is kind of drill into that particular subject matter. Um, but, Paul, what, what's your current situation? And, and then we could kind of jump into the uh, the discussion points and the topics. Yeah, sure. So um, we did have a 529 plan for both of our kids. Um, kudos to my wife. She started it for them 
many years ago and started putting money into it. Um, I was, uh, I guess the best way to say it, very uneducated at the time about it. And she's like, I'm like, okay, great. She's going to handle some of that. Cool. Go ahead. Um, thankfully, she did do it. I was always worried from my point of view about, well, what if they don't go to college? Right. Well, then what happens? And again, that's where some of my, uh, my lack of knowledge on it really came to bear because there are things you can do. So we, we did have 529 plans for both kids. Our kids are in college currently. One is graduating in a few weeks and the other one is a junior in college. So we've used up the funds from that plan and uh, it was nice to have, it was helpful. I tried to time when we were using those monies to pay for this stuff. So, you know, depending on my financial situation at the time, you know, certain parts of the year, I find things a little bit tighter for us than other times. And if that's when a tuition or, or whatever was coming due, uh, I would use the plan at that time. So uh, that's kind of how we did it, but we don't have any money left in those plans. They have been exhausted and, uh, it, it was helpful. It was truly helpful for us. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, and, and I think you hit it at the top of the you know top of the podcast. You know what is it? And you gave a few points on it, which are great. I did a little bit of looking at it as well. I guess technically it's a section of the tax code, section five twenty nine, uh, similar to the four one and and the four one k. It's a section of the tax code that at some point gained wild popularity. What I read was there was this EGTRRA Act in 2001, where it exempted 529 contributions, or uh, I should say 529 withdrawals from federal tax, as long as it's used for educational purposes. And I think that's when it seems the 529 plan really exploded in popularity, That, at least from my reading, that's what I had read. So it's interesting that, you know, it's a vehicle that they're trying to give to um, you know, families to help them with this, um, you know, this monumental task of getting kids through college. So um, it, it was very interesting. Um, we'll jump into some of the topics um, that I had jotted down, Paul, and we could kind of go back and forth. Kind of the prepaid versus savings, those seem to be the two types of plans. One is a prepaid where you pay for the entire education, the four years up front. There are 10 states currently that are doing that, and you could look them up. Um, uh, most people have a savings plan, which is what you had and what I had. Um, and when you looked at this, when we talked about the story earlier, um, those best 529 plans, um, for me anyway, um, it didn't really matter because um, New York offers a tax break if you, whatever you put in uh, is, is a tax benefit on your, um, in terms of, re, of a reduction of the taxes you owe to New York State. So I've always taken advantage of the New York State tax break. So I never had any thoughts of using any other plan. Um, the tax break trumped any other um, uh, benefit that I saw from other plans. Um, when I look closer at the New York State plan, it's a highly rated plan. Um, so for me, it was a no-brainer to kind of go with the New York State plan. Uh, Paul, is that your finding on it as well? Were you deducting your your uh, the um, the contributions each year? Yeah, we were, we were, you know, again, we weren't as aggressive on it as um, maybe we should have been. And partly because, like I said, I, you know, what if the kids don't want to go to college? You know, what, what if it's something else? So I was a little naive in 
understanding the plan when we started putting money away. I knew it was for college savings, but now I know much more. You can use it beyond college savings for like trade schools, but there's very specific cases other than college that you can use it for. So you can use it for continuing education. You can use it for room and board only if the room and board is for a full-time student and uh, it is equal to the room and board of what the school charges for room and board. So if they live off campus, there are a lot of rules around it that you have to look at and understand, but um, it, it was good. Uh, again, I, I I get hung up on the fact that it's a college savings plan, and but there, there are other things you can do with it. We even referenced it a number of podcasts ago about uh, this woman, uh, this financial advisor, I believe in South Florida, maybe Miami area, who was using it in some unique ways for her clients. Um, I'll have to see if we can find that article again and post that. That was kind of interesting too. But I was always a little skeptical of the 529 plan because of the options available to us in that plan for investing. But honestly, the New York State plan as well, that's what I was in, worked out well for us. Yeah, yeah, I think for us it worked. It's been working fine. Um, you know, to your point, you know, in looking at this, depending on your state, and once again, please do your research. But some states allow you to use the five twenty nine plan to pay for K through twelve. So if you're going to private school, Catholic school, um, to your point, Paul, if it's not for college, it's for apprentice school. Um, for college expenses, you know, it could be for you know uh, room and board. It could be for I guess I think computer equipment, books tuition. Um, once again, you have to look at the rules and regs against the 529 plan you're in and, and just choose wisely. Um, you know, especially when it comes to what your particular um, outcomes are uh, for this. So for uh, when I was looking at the plans, um, the other thing was I didn't go through a broker. I just opened it up myself. And, and my broker did say, oh, you know, we could open that up for you. And they had this plan choice. I think it was like Wisconsin. It was like some at the time they had suggested some other plan. But to be honest with you, it was so easy to open. Um, I just did it myself. I didn't even think to go to a, a broker to do it. Um, so, yeah, and you could open it for as little as I think $25 in most cases. Um, and you can, you know, have a, an auto withdrawal from your paycheck of, you know, as little as $15 a month, uh, which I say little, but you do that for, you know, 20 years, uh, $15 a paycheck or whatever that is, it, it, it would definitely uh, add up, right? And, and that was kind of where we were going with it, Paul. What was your thoughts, Paul, when it came to opening up? Did you do it yourself or did you go through a broker? How did you handle opening up the, the account? Yeah, we, we just did it ourselves. You know, again, the plan was so easy to do, and it's it's not often you hear, hey, doing something in the state is super easy, right? <laughs> it's generally not, but it, it really was uh, just gray the accounts, and there it was. Uh, we were able to log in you know, on a mobile phone, see how much was in the account, you know, especially when we were drawing it down, you know, because you can't draw down more than you're using, right? So if the... You know, the bill is $5,000 for, you know, the semester. Obviously, that's low, but just, you know what I mean? You can't draw down six. If you draw down six, then you then there are tax implications most likely for that. So you, so you have to be careful and understand how much you're taking out and doing it the right way. 
Yeah, the, the, it's interesting you bring that up. And, and that was definitely one of the things we wanted to talk about is what happens if you don't use the funds, right? So that you could transfer the monies from child to child or child to parent. Um, once again, you have to look at what your plan allows in this space. Um, and for that, you have to kind of make sure that, you know, to your point, Paul, you really have to watch it. You have to make sure that when you're focused on um, these things, you really have to dig deep into the research, right? Make sure the, right, the plan is the right plan for you. And I think that's the most key. Um, when I started looking at, you know, what happens if I don't use the funds, that was the big question, right, that you had, yeah. Paul. Um, yeah. What I'm reading, and once again, I'm not a tax professional, um, it's 10% penalty plus the, your current tax rate on the earnings as you're pulling it out, but it's a little fuzzy to me still um, because it it's because of the New York wrinkle where you can deduct as a tax break the contributions. I, I'm sure that throws it into a financial tizzy and I have never been able to get a real comfortable answer on it. I've spoken to some people about it and for me, I don't think I'll be in that situation uh, but if I have to zero out the accounts at some point for whatever reason, I would definitely see a tax professional to handle that, to do that unwind. Because I think depending on the state, it could be more complex. And I don't know whether it's 10% penalty and tax on the earnings, on the earnings plus principal. I'm not quite sure, right? So um, I'm going to plead ignorance on that one, Paul. But I would definitely <laughs> see a tax person because, like I said, with the New York State plan, I don't know how that would get unwound. I don't know what your opinion is on that, Paul. Yeah, I, I would also talk to your accountant or tax professional. My understanding is similar to yours. It's a 10% penalty on the uh, the inter the income. So not necessarily what you put away, but on the actual income. But as you said, if you're putting it away pre-tax, that uh, that changes things. So yeah, that would definitely. They won't let you have that free money, right? There's no, definitely no, there something is no there. Free money. <laughs> so, there is no free money. So, so that's definitely something that you would have to kind of, you know, work through. Some of the other things that I looked at, um, you know, when, when researching this, there's no age limit. So I guess in theory, uh, if the money's there and, and you wanted to let it sit there for 20 years and then use it later on, you can. I, it didn't seem to be an age limit from the plans I looked at. But once again, uh, please take a look at your individual plans. I think the problem that I saw with looking at the 529 landscape is every state has its own plan. Yeah. It seems, right? And some rules go across all the plans and some rules are very state specific in terms of like we you know at the opening of this, right? We already had a mismatch of max contribution. Like you know for New York there didn't seem to be a max contribution limit, but for other states there were, right? Um, and then there's the the subject of gift tax. So you can't pour unlimited monies into most of these accounts as a tax shelter. Um, you would still be subject to the $15,000 gift tax. So if a grandparent wanted to stuff a quarter million dollars into a 529 for their grandchildren, um, I don't think they could do that in any given tax year without getting hit with the gift tax penalty, right? So there's a lot of complications here um, and, and, and rightfully so, right? These states and the federal government want to put guardrails in place to make sure that these 529 plans are being used as intended, right? Their intention was to allow families to save money 
in a tax advantaged way um, and then also spend that money if it's specific for college right so I think that's where my head is at with that with that piece um Paul what are your thoughts on that in terms of you know making sure using the money for the right reasons right and 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 I think they have put those guardrails in place for that yeah because let's be honest right everyone's trying to minimize their their tax burden however they can and it looks like when these rules were written in particular, they, they really thought about it from, all right, how are people going to try and take advantage of this? And let's put those guardrails in. And yeah, that the $15,000 per beneficiary limit would certainly kick in for New York. Um, and New York does have a limit on it from when I was uh, just reading here, Paul, the highest cumulative contribution limit of $520,000 per beneficiary for New York. So it is interesting that um, they did put really tight guardrails on this to use it for its intended purpose, which is great. I mean, it was for the purpose to further the education of someone, whether, again, it be college, uh, or grad school, continuing education, or trade school. You know, and, and, and people forget about the trade schools. I think I brought it up a few episodes ago where the average age plumber where I live here in New York, uh, my section of New York, he said keeps going up and up every year. Like, so people just aren't going into those trades. And you can have a really good living and really enjoy yourself by doing that type of work as well, if that's something you like. So, And you can use funds from a 529 in most cases. Again, check the rules where you are for those types of educations. So it's really kind of flexible, which is kind of neat too. Yeah, and I think that, you know, going through this today, we threw a lot at the audience, right? In terms of what it is, different plans, you know, opening it yourself versus not opening yourself. I, I think, you know, maybe we'll focus a little bit now on, you know, how, how, do, how do I do this, right? So, you know, going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, at least for me, um, contributing early and often and opening it up immediately. So once again, baby was born in July uh, of, uh, of that year um, of 04. Um, the 529 plan was opened by the end of the year. That's the important thing. You have to have the contributions in by the end of the year or actually, depending on the state, they may allow you to have them as, as late as the following January to take advantage of the tax break. Um, so for me, the goal has always been to do the contribution by December 31st and, and, and get that in. And so for me, the tricks were, you know, very, you know, just opening up the plan. And it has never been easier. I think when my son went 04, yeah, probably opened it up over the internet. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, it might have been on the cusp of having to fill out paperwork and sending it in. It might have been. I don't know. But now, uh, to open up a 529 plan, it really is just the click of the button, right? You, you put in your information securely. You find the plan that you want. You open up that plan with 25 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever you could afford. And just you're off to the races, right? So I think opening up a plan has never been easier. Selecting a plan might not be as easy. Um, so once again, you have to do your homework and and, and kind of have that discussion with your spouse you know, of what your goals are. I know we did that early on, Paul, and my goals have always been, like I said at the top of the podcast, 
I would love to give my kids the gift of the four years. I, I was not able to get that myself. Um, so when I graduated, I said to myself, if I ever have kids, that's what I'd like to give them, right? Because I had to work and all. And not that it's not that I'm not that it was bad. I just for me, uh, I would prefer to give my kids the gift of the four years where they wouldn't have to worry about it. Uh, so that's the goal. Will we be able to do it? Uh, remains to be seen. But that's been the goal, right? So I've had those discussions um, and, and kind of focused there. So, you know, once we opened up the plans, each and every year we made a concerted effort to put that money in. And, and for us, it was a big amount. And, and we had a sacrifice to get that money in um, knowing that, you know, because it'll snowball. If we miss a year and then you got to put, you know, if, if you're doing trying to do catch up, you'll never catch up. At least I don't I don't think I would. I don't think I would have the discipline to catch up. So if I missed two years of contributions, I'd be in trouble. There was one year where I, I put in a I never missed a contribution of some amount. But there were a couple of years where it wasn't the target amount. And that was just because of the way life was, right? Things were happening and job-wise yeah. and, and life-wise and economy-wise. And we just didn't have it. So didn't beat ourselves up over it, but just made sure that, you know, uh, just kind of stepped back. And it really killed me. I remember the first year that I couldn't put that amount in because I'm very used to that goal oriented, especially with financials, you know, I wanted to put X amount in, right? And when I didn't put it in and I looked at the landscape, I said, you know, I'll just have to step back. And for this year, we'll just step back. But then the following year, I think we, we went back to full steam and then full steam after that. I think it was maybe two years where we didn't put in the max amount that we always had in our mind. Now, that's the other thing. Everyone has a different maximum amount. Uh, for us, we we had that discussion. This is the amount we want to put in. It's the it's the most we could put in without really sacrificing in terms of you know ramen and and hot dogs every night kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But we, but it was a sacrifice, right, to put that money earmark it and put it aside, right? Because other people would take that money and you know go to Disney or go to an extravagant other kind of extravagant vacation, or they'll use the money for I don't know whatever whatever their vice is, right? But for us, we always knew that money was earmarked and we had to do it. And now time flew by very quickly. My son is you know, driving, shaving, ready to, you know, he took his SATs last week. Um, we're st we have uh, um, a, a, a dinner set up this week with a colleague that went to a school that my son really wants to go to. And, and this guy was a recent graduate, so he's going to tell him all about the school. I mean, I'm here. Um, and Paul, you're already there. Like you're past it. I get it. Uh, but I, I, it's weird. And you'll and I'll let you. I'll I'll take a breath in a minute. Um, but we're there, right? And so when I look back, I'm so happy that I put away that amount each year because now I look comfortably at the accounts. And I don't know yet, depending on the school selection, what it can and can't do. But we know that we've made a concerted effort, and there is a comfortable amount in there to at least get us started. You know, so that's that's the way I look at it. So Paul, I know you're past part of this journey, right? So I'll let I'll take a break and, and and go on mute for a second and let you kind of vibe on, you know, your take on this whole thing. Yeah, so um from from my point of view, I, I guess I wish I put more in over the time and um we didn't. And uh you know, it it, it as we got closer and closer, it, it kind of got scarier and scarier. 
um, especially with the timing of, you know, with our kids are so close back to back a year apart in school. It, it was, it was very, very, very scary, very telling. And, uh, it, it is sort of one of my financial regrets is perhaps not putting as much away, uh, for them, for that. Again, we're, we're fortunate in the school that they go to is outstanding. And, you know, they, the room and board and the tuition, the way it's all worked out is worked out great for us. But I also know we got very lucky in that sense. So putting it away is, uh, is really great advice, Paul. And, um, that, that's probably one of my biggest, uh, faux pas was not putting enough away earlier. But then, um, again, you also have, uh, I have a buddy of mine. I, I think I might've mentioned it. I don't know on the last podcast, you know, they're, their, uh, I believe his son or so went to a, a four-year college, very good school, and decided after working for I don't know, a couple of years or whatever, decided they don't want to do corporate work or do work anymore like that. They bought a, like a van or an RV or something, going to live by a river out in the Midwest and be a river guide. So um, my buddy is kind of going like, oh, my gosh. I wish we had figured this out years before, <laughs> you know, I spent all this money on college. So, wow. That, that's a great call out, right? Because I have that discussion with my son and that's part of the planning, right? And 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 we don't expect him to know exactly what he wants to do. Um, and But, you know, for years he's been, you know, focused on technology. And so... Um, in the conversations as of late, like we're meeting with the, the school, the school counselor, you know, in terms of guidance, you know, for college. And like I said, we're focused on the SAT and looking at schools and such. And, you know, I've always had this frank conversation. We've said this on other podcasts in the past, and, and I don't want to go too far off the 529 track, but you know, I always told my kids, you got to do what you love and do what you want to do. So if you tell me, that you want to go to college for technology, that's awesome. I support it. You want to be a doctor? That's great. You want to be an auto mechanic? Talk to Uncle David, right? Does very well as an auto mechanic, right? You want to be a plumber, an electrician? I could take you by some of their houses. They would dwarf my house, right? <laughs> very good business, right? Um, you know, so it doesn't have to be college necessarily, right? Yeah. I think college gives kids that base which I think could be very important, but not necessary, but I still think important. We had this discussion, I've had this discussion with other people in, you know, in the career I've been in, you had to have the four-year degree, that was the ticket entry, the basic, that was table stakes, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, you're at the casino, you know, table stakes is when you put you, the minimum down, the minimum bet. In order to work at some of the places I've worked, you have to have a degree, right? That's changing, right? But not completely as of yet, right? Especially if you're in an area, like you can't not have a degree and be a doctor. I guess you could <laughs> if you want to get, Maybe not get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. But but I know I'm kind of going off the, the thing here. But to your point, Paul, now that person wants to be a river guide. I, I, I guess some of those things you can't help until it happens, right? And, and I could understand that person's shoes, right? That person might have gone, and I don't know the full story, Paul, but I'm imagining... This guy was a, 
you know, this kid was going through college and, and competitive and, and went to good schools and maybe he went post-grad, I don't know, right? And then got into the, to the jobs and if he was working, you know, I know p- friends that worked in investment banking where you get in at 8 o'clock in the morning, you're working until 2 a.m. to get stuff done in order to pitch to clients and this whole thing, right? And, and, and at some point, maybe the, the kid just said, I can't do it anymore. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this for 30 years, right? So I, I kind of understand that. And to your point, Paul, and your friend's point, I wish we had known that earlier. <laughs> I don't know if you could always know it earlier, but I think to have those conversations early and often with the kids is also very smart, right? So I think that's another thing to kind of take in mind when you're going through this. So, um, and, and Paul, your, your thing is another important call out was my kids are six years apart. So I have some breathing room. So when we were doing our planning for five, you know, for college, that came into the plan, right? So that was the advantage of having the kids spaced apart was, you know, they're not on top of each other going to school, right? I, I, I think I mentioned specifically uh, at one point, I have a good friend of mine. He had one kid in UNC, had one kid at the University of Maryland and had one kid finishing up Rutgers prep in Jersey. And his tuition bills for like four or five years straight were, would make you cry, right? <laughs> like they would just yeah. probably, they would make me cry. He didn't cry, uh, uh, but, you know, he managed to, you know, wrangle through all of it, right? And and the kids are doing great and, and everything is good. But man, if the kids are really close together, you got to plan for that. Like you did, Paul, right? So you, you were saying the kids are very close in age, which they are. Um, minor, you know, I have a little more wiggle room. How did that impact? You know, well, you already kind of talked about it, but maybe you could dive a little bit more into the impact. Like they're so close in age, like you got to pay for double cars. You're paying for double room and board, like whatever that is, right? They're so close together. You're getting hit like the one-two punch financially where I have a little, I could, I could get beat up and then take a little break and then get beat up again. So maybe I'll, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that time where the kids were both in university together and the expense related to it. Yeah, so they're they're still there, right? One's graduating in a few weeks, and uh, uh, you know there there are certain advantages to kids being close in age, and then there's some very distinct disadvantages to it. And tuition is, uh, or even room and board, right? You'd be surprised. You know, room and board is you know, 16 grand a year or something in some of these places. It's, it's just staggering and, uh, or more. So, you know, looking at it, it's, it is, it's, it's a lot of money out the door. And part of me sort of, you know, as we're talking here, thinking back on, on our 529 plan, what we did, you know, my, my bride, like I said, put a lot of money away or decent amount of money away and it did help us and it wasn't enough. But part of the reason why we slowed down on that was, oh gosh, now we have two kids, right? Under and the time, you know, there were, were two kids under two, right? That, that's what it was. That's how close in age they are. And the expenses just, just pile up, you know, one sort of, One's out of diapers, just out of diapers, say whatever, and the other one's still in them, and like it, it was just a, a snowball effect of expenses, and it it, it gets hard, it gets um, sort of frustrating and almost overwhelming. But if you kind of write down the plan and and work it through and make your list and 
as much as you can put away earlier on, that's great. Again, check with the tax professional, but uh, my biggest fear was, what if we put all this money away and they don't go to college, right? Well, what then what? But there, there's rules for that. You can take the money out and have the penalty, sure, but the penalty might be less than other penalties. You can talking to your tax professional, of course, but don't be feared by the fact that it's only education was probably my biggest takeaway on this. And uh, yeah, two kids in college, we're, we're trying to figure out with the older one graduating, he's not gonna be living at home. He's gonna be living um, pretty far away. So we're buying a used car for him. This way he has reliable transportation. You get to and from work. So now that factors into it. And then, you know, it's, it's a snowball. I feel like everything is sometimes a snowball. Heck, even my washing machine that we talked about, buying a new washer and dryer. The washing machine died. Like, all right, fine, we'll get a washer and dryer combo. But my house is 90 years old. So getting things into the basement, which is where our laundry room is, isn't easy. It's a 24-inch doorway. Like, oh, my goodness, what were these people thinking 100 years ago when they're doing these things? And there's an, there used to be an outside stairwell to the basement. Previous owner took that away, put an egress window in. So I'm, I'm going breaking out the algebra trigonometry books to figure out the math if I can get a washer and dryer in the basement. Like, how am I doing this? And I actually ended up building a ramp to get the stuff in and out. And that snowballed as well. Well, since we're going to do that, this floor is 100 years old down here, literally, or 90 years old. So let's put a new floor in. Well, now let's paint. Well, now the, the room adjacent to it, sort of, that we go through to get the laundry room looks really poor. So let's redo that. But before we do that, we have to fix this occasional leak we get when it pours. Okay, well, why is it pouring? Well, the gutters are bad. Okay, let's take off the gutters and do gutters. Oh, wait, the trim is a mess. So a, a simple washing machine failure has snowballed so much. And I know I'm way off tangent, but the point is uh, the kids, there's so much. Um, and you're going to, most people are going to do everything they possibly can for their child. And Paul, you know, I, I really applaud you for, for putting that money away early, you and your wife, to help to set them up for success in doing that. And just please I, I, do your homework on it, understand it and understand you're not stuck. And that was my biggest fear of it. And I'll stop my rant now. No, that, that was all great. I, I guess my big question was Janine didn't want the washer and dryer in the dining room. <laughs> no, 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 Because That no. sounds like it would have been easier. Oh my gosh. When we went to the store uh, to get it, you know, most people are like, oh, yeah, all right, sure, we'll deliver. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It has to go in the basement. Yeah, that's okay. No, no, you don't understand. It has to go through a window. And the guy was scratching his head like, what? And um, so uh, it was a big challenge. Uh, I, I'm just about done with all that mess now. Hopefully I'll finish that up uh, this weekend. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, no, that that's a great story. Yeah, and you're right. It's a good analogy to kind of the snowball effect, how things can just pile up very quickly. Um, I, I think with that, I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover. There's a lot more to, to uncover, right? So I think for me that the big takeaways, probably two this week, are do the research. If you're looking at plans, no matter where you are, um, 
do your plans for college savings. Um, I also forgot, you know, the 529 plan is really, you know, it's a U.S.-based plan. So, you know, uh, if anyone is listening abroad, uh, there might be other plans that you have. There's also the ESA here in the U.S., which is the Educational Savings Account. Um, that The difference there mm-hmm. seems to be you have unlimited choices of where you can make those investments. I haven't dug too deep into that, so I don't want to speak too highly on it. That's the only thing I really know about the ESA. But if if that's something that uh, is appealing to you, look at both the ESA and the 529, right? Or, or don't, right? You could take the money and keep it in your normal accounts. Um, once again, the 529 was for that tax advantaged of, 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 you know, has that bonus of if you use the money for education, you don't pay the tax on, which, which is a huge help. And then the second recap item for me is really around the dollar cost averaging into the plan each and every year. It's been good for me. Uh, hopefully it could be good for you. Uh, Paul, I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, so for first off, I, I do know we have people actually throughout the world that listen to it, and I know a number are in the uh, India region, so they're, they're going through a bit of a crisis there right now. COVID's rampant, and so I, I wish our listeners the best of luck, and you know, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel for them as we're starting to see some light here in the U.S., but uh, as Paul said, again, back to the topic at hand here, you know, doing the research and the dollar cost average and do what you can without going, you know, having noodles every night for breakfast or every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Just be mindful of how much you're putting away that you're also not overextending yourself. And um, you, you, you just got to do the math and, and be patient and to some extent be frugal depending on how much of a burden you want to take on or your child in the future. Very cool. That was all well said. Well said, Paul. Thank you. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Paul reminding you, managing finances can be stressful. But that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.